Hello, welcome back, or welcome for the first time to He's Abroad. My name is Jason here out of New York, and as always, joined by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. How you doing, Hello. John? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Great. It's a wonderful mid- Saturday, Saturday afternoon. It's it's warm outside, but not too warm. It's good. It's good. Things are good down here in New Zealand. It's cool. It's midweekend there. It is just getting started here, Friday afternoon, here in New York, Brooklyn area. Very deep, very far Brooklyn. I don't know if it's deep or far. It is. It is like Bay Ridge. It's like can, it's on the edge. Like I would assume, if you're, you're deep, you're in the middle. Like when I went to Crown Heights. That's Did I tell you I went to Crown Heights? I lived in Crown Heights. Did I tell you I went there to get barbecue no. two weeks ago? <laughs> no, was it good? I'm sure it was good. It was, some it good was delicious. I, it was it was kosher. It was kosher yeah, southern barbecue. Yeah, a lot of your uh, brothers and sisters of the tribe down there. Well, it's interesting because you surface at Crown Heights, depending on where you surface, depends on which Crown Heights you get. Absolutely. I did, I did not surface with my people. I surfaced with your people. And, <laughs> <laughs> I, and the funny thing is I lived in the middle. <laughs> Uh, I lived cool. between on the both. It was cool. Like if I go, if I went right down President Street, I was with your people. If I went left down President Street, I was with my people. It was great. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was an interesting trip. I don't think I've ever been to Crown Heights before. Um, I just went to get this barbecue place because you know I'm a fatty and I like to get some, uh, like to go on some food adventures when I have the time. And that was just on my list. Izzy's Barbecue in Crown Heights. I surfaced from the subway. First thing I saw. Two people fist fighting right in front of a GameStop. Wonderful. <laughs> walked down, walked down the street, crossed crossed over, and then walked down the street. All it was basically like I was the only white guy walking down this street. I didn't see any any other white people for like five minutes. Turn to that was going down the avenue, go down the street, and then I start seeing a transition of people. You know, start seeing some start cycling through, start seeing some hats. And then all of a sudden now, now I'm surrounded by my people or, you know, the tribe, so to speak. And then, uh, enter, enter this place. And I was like, wow, okay. I knew this was a barbecue place. I knew Google flagged this as kosher. Sometimes they get their, their, uh, tags a little weird. And I thought this was one of those situations, but no, this is very much a kosher place. It was the Southern barbecue joint ran by, from what I could tell, Orthodox Jews. And it was delicious. I got brisket. Yep. Got some beans, got some sweet potato. They um, they're apparently known for their ribs, so and they apparently run out of them. But the quantity was so much. I'm like, I gotta I gotta come here with a friend if I'm gonna tackle these ribs. So I gotta go back, try the ribs, and yeah, it was it was a solid solid food journey. Now, if uh, if you want if you want another interesting food journey down there, and again, last time yep. I lived there was a, probably a decade ago, right? Opening my map, not, all right. If here not we go. longer, if not longer, okay. to be honest. All right. I'm trying to remember when I moved to the Upper East Side. It might have been right around a, ten years ago. Anyways, I don't know the name of the place, but you should look to see if any places like this exist down there because it's a giant West Indian Do you hub. Have the name? There, I don't have the name. I don't remember the name of the place. I kind of remember where it is, but it was the best oxtail soup I've ever had. Oh, that's interesting. It is interesting because I've had oxtail, oxtail one time. Definitely, yeah, oxtail is definitely something that is like a I Caribbean Southern thing. Yeah, and I had it in Vegas good. and over, over I, some rice as well. Give, get, they give you a little rice. You kind of mix it in, add like a bit of a gumbo and a stew. You know, you get the marrow inside of the bone. It was good. Right, let's see if I can find some oxtail. What did you say? Ox, it was an oxtail soup. Is that what you said? Yeah, it was oxtail soup that I had. If I remember oh. correctly, it wasn't. Oxtail soup they also over had oxtail rice. on rice. 
as well. Oh, yeah. But it was down there in Crown Heights again. It might not exist now, but I think well, in that area. A, yeah. We got a place called Peppa's. Peppa's. <laughs> Peppa's? That's a chicken restaurant. They call it it's Jamaican Grub in Basic Surrounds. That's what uh, that's how Google describes it. Yeah, there's a bunch of this stuff. Uh, if you yeah, search that's, it. yeah, that's what I mean. There's a ton of it down there. So if JR, JR is like right there. That's 4.4 Jamaican restaurant. I don't remember I like, the name of it, though. That's the thing. Like, it could be any of those places. We got V's. I'm not going to lie. Underrated Jamaican food. I don't know about oxtail Jamaican soup, but I, I, I do love goat, a good... Uh, some curried goat. I just love a good jerk chicken. I mean, yeah. come on. It's it's delicious. You get it. Oh, God. Now, I ate dinner already, but this is just make me more hungry that's what happens when you have sushi for dinner um yeah sushi is the one food that you eat and you're kind of like yeah an hour later i'm really hungry <laughs> yeah and i said less rice and um that doesn't help doesn't help but you feel better you feel okay after sushi you know it's not it's not making you feel like no like a like a fatty well um, unless I'll you say, go I'll all in that. for like the fried tempura stuff and you go nuts with it like if you get the americanized <laughs> sushi that's like loaded up with stuff then yeah you can True. Get a little gross yeah i got a, i got an issue with um things like like a philadelphia roll i got a lot of problems with a philadelphia roll <laughs> a lot of them well, yeah what yeah, are yeah, those yeah. problems uh, <laughs> does, the does fact that start Phil- with cream <laughs> <laughs> no it starts with philadelphia <laughs> Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> and it ends with cheese, like, and then it goes into, and then cream's in the middle of those. Cream's in the middle. Uh, yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, what's a Philadelphia roll? And I think I explained that to somebody. I'm like, yeah, American sushi rolls are very different than uh, Japan, than sushi rolls in Japan. I'm like, how so? I'm like, well, you'll never see a Philadelphia roll or a California roll. And they're like, is that so? I'm like, well, yeah, it's fucking so. Why would- I'll tell you what, though, but the Philadelphia <laughs> roll, because it's basically <laughs> salmon and cream cheese. It's basically the whole lox concept just in a sushi roll, right? Yeah, I don't like it. Keep cheese. I think it's pretty, again. Sushi. I haven't had one in a very long time, but the last time I had one, I don't remember spitting it out. <laughs> so, thought it was yeah, all right. That'll be that'll be rude. I mean, you know what you're yeah. getting into, right? That's yeah, the sure. beauty of sushi. You know, you could just look at it and be like, I know what this is. I know what it's going to taste like. It's real yeah, funny. Like wild, people are still really freaked out by sushi. Yeah, a lot of people are. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people, people just don't, don't like do it. it. A lot of people are just like, I don't want to eat anything raw. I mean, my dad is one of those people. He likes his food cooked. That's fine. And again, quite frankly, I'm like, I can't blame you. <laughs> like, it makes sense. Yeah, but that, but then you say, like this guy is like, yeah, I can't eat, I can't eat raw fish. I'm like, you ever, you ever have? Uh, I was like, what about like a seared tuna steak, which I love. If I if I ever go to a place and they got a seared tuna steak on on a menu, I'm I'm likely gonna order it. It's quite good. And he's like, nah, I don't, I don't think I can do that either. Because he, this is also a guy who eats a, who eats regular steak well done. And yeah, you know, I, I shouldn't judge people. For their food preferences, but that's one way. But you do. <laughs> I got. Yeah, I have to. You know, they do. You just got to do. Uh, you just got to double take it. I'm, I must say though, my favorite raw dish, and I don't necessarily know if this is still considered raw, is there's nothing better on a warm summer summer day than a nice, light, refreshing ceviche. Mm. Best ceviche I had was in uh, was when I was in Charleston. It was amazing. It's good, and it's good when it's warm outside too, and that is raw. Yep. So it's interesting. Sure, it can be. I think there's. I don't think there's a rule to ceviche saying it has to be raw. It can again, be. I guess the lime you can have sort of cooked. kills some stuff, right? Like it sort of helps with. Again, I don't know the science behind it. I don't. But think all I know is the last time I had it, probably five six years ago, it was very good. I don't think ceviche has to be raw, but it is. But it is tasty. You get you get ceviche with a good with like the right crackers to eat it's it good. with. It's very yep. delicious. 
Yeah, it's great. It's basically like um, it's like a more robust salsa. We'll call it. Right? Yeah, fair description. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Now I, I didn't expect to go down this food rabbit hole. I'm happy we did. Um, I did have I did have one thing I did want to talk about before getting into the news you need to know about. Um, I re- I recently had a new like a peeve of mine that I'm a like that's one. bothering me more and more. Yeah. Like one that I've realized, and now I just need to voice it and see if I'm alone in this. I take umbrage with people who walk who walk through doors and don't look back to see if there's anybody behind them. Hmm. Do you agree or disagree? Because then effectively, at any point, you could be slamming the door in somebody's face, which does happen. Do you know what I've noticed, though? And I, and I, I don't want to go down this route, but I'm going to anyways. I don't want to, but I think, I, think I have to bring this up. You're going to be sexist. Right? I am. <laughs> because the times that that's happened... Wait, does that make me sexist for assuming that that's yes, where you were going to go with it? But it's normally a woman who slams the door in your face. Like, no. And again, I, well, I don't think people do it maliciously. I just think that, again, they don't look behind themselves. Yeah. And maybe some of it's out of fear, which is very possible. Of just, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold the door open for you because, you know, any number of things can happen to me just for trying to be a decent human being. So I get it. But the only times that that does happen usually, and again, there are, there's, a, there's the odd dude that does it as well. But I think most of the time, I think most men have been chastised for not holding the door open. I'm not asking point, to hold the door. No, I'm, I'm asking I'm, to like saying, give it a little push. To see I see your hand there. on it as well. Yes, exactly. And I, and I know you could get through it. You're going to be okay. I'm yeah. not just letting that thing swing back, especially yeah. like these high velocity swinging doors. Yes. Well, know? some people like they get the door just small enough so they can squeeze through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a weird phenomenon. I've, but I've I noticed my it. thing as well is like, I, I understand the context of it, right? Like if it's inside of an apartment complex or inside of like a hotel, it's like a little different stairs uh, or something a little different, but like if you're like walking into a bank, I'm walking into a deli, like an automatic sliding door or a deli or a restaurant somewhere where you should generally be safe and you're not by yourself. And, you know, this is a general place of business. You should at least be able to try to hold hold the door open a little bit. And again, I'm just saying the times this has happened, it's actually not many times. So I've had it happen with many women, many women who have held the door open, like like you're saying, just sort of keep it open as you're walking through it. But the times that it hasn't happened is normally women. Yeah, well, I guess I, this is a situation that I encounter a lot more than you, just by nature of being in the city. Absolutely, because so, normally when I walk through a door, there's no one in front of me or behind me. Like I work in a 20-floor office building, and there's a lot of people going in and out. It's even a, there's a few doctor's offices in there, so there's some randos walking in and out. And yeah, at any given point, you never know. And I and I don't see a any sort of favor towards men or women doing this it's kind of a mix of both but right i'd enough. say it's mostly dudes that actually do it and it's just like yep i'm going i'm gone and screw the guy behind me uh it's just like come on you could at least look back it doesn't it doesn't take much it's just general peripheral and courtesy and kindness because you know i just i just think it's a little rude i feel like it's the it's the polite thing to do to just look back I agree. And maybe I maybe my expectations for people are too much. Because when I don't, I kind of feel bad. And then I look back. And usually you're fine. But if there's ever that case, I'll apologize to that person who I just slammed the door in the face of. Because they're not immune to it. We've all been there. Sometimes you just yep. forget about it. I was, about to, I was about to say, for all my chastising, I'm sure I've probably done it unknowingly. 
probably yeah. done it on accident. So yeah. it's absolutely possible that you just catch people at different times and maybe they close the door on you. I don't think it's, yeah. again, I don't think it's ever personal. Yeah. So if you're listening, life tip, look behind you when you open doors because you never know what's going to be behind you. With that, let's, let me tell you about the news. All right. So as usual, as we always do, if you need a little background, John is off the internet still. He's off of social media, off the news. I am. Doesn't know what's happening. I've know got what's a very happening. interesting story for one of your news stories of how I found out. It, 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 it explains kind of where we are in the world. It's very interesting. Okay. All right, cool. So here's the deal I got three categories. Yep. One, I got something sad. I got something gross. Yep. And I got something fun. Okay, well, let's so, start with something sad first. Because you know what it is. I do know what it is, yes. I do not have a source. I don't have a link. It is only that Kobe Bryant has has died in a helicopter crash along with his 13-year-old daughter, one of his four daughters, and I think eight other people or six it other people. Eight. I believe it was seven. I think nine people in total, including the pilot. Okay. So I'm guessing it. it's six other passengers and a pilot. Okay, got it. So... You know about this one. This is the rare occasion where I don't have a story to read you. So I will let you take this away because you already know all the details. And well, you probably have more to, and you have well, more just, to say about I this do. than I probably would because I, I am do, not yes. really a basketball fan. I played right. Kobe Bryant. I think I played uh, courtside with Kobe Bryant on the, on the GameCube way back in the day. But otherwise, not much, uh, you know. Well, it's just again, interesting. And again, I do want to keep this short because everyone else has probably gotten a ton of information who cares about this. And quite frankly, it's so sad. It's so yep. devastating that being reminded of this mortality, I mean, for a guy that was only 41, it really seemed like he was actually starting his life now, like his actual life, not his basketball life, not his being a superstar life, but the life where he could sort of be with his kids and his daughter and his wife and actually start to enjoy what that life looks like. And he was only 41. I mean, that's only six years older than me. Um, so that just, again, I think it struck to more people's just sense of mortality of that guy is not supposed to die. Right. It's like, he was larger than life. He's yeah. basically the Michael Jordan of a certain, again, not necessarily of my era, cause we're so close to the same age, but of pretty much a generation sort of behind me of basketball fans who sort of grew up watching Kobe and LeBron and Dwayne Wade and all these guys through sort of the, the late two thousands the early to late 2000s when Kobe sort of became an adult, when he sort of became this grown man versus sort of being this kid that was Shaq's sidekick. Um, so, yeah, it's just – and, again, the way that I found this out was all of a sudden I started getting a bunch of people sending me messages. Normally I would be the one that would send these messages because I would be so tuned into the news and what was happening. But You'd get an again, alert just like I got an alert, and I was like, wait, and again, what? All my alerts were turned off. So my friend yep. Anthony, who is a listener to, of this podcast, was the one who told me first and said, hey, I hope it's not true, but I think Kobe Bryant just died. TMZ just reported this. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of looked at it and said, oh, I hope that's not true. But my first instinct normally would have been to go to the internet and find it. I didn't do anything. I was just like, okay, if more news comes in, I was like, wow, that's really sad. And you start to think about it. But I wasn't seeking out more information because I'm sure a lot of people spent their entire Sunday or Monday just trying to read as much as they could. What type of helicopter was? What were the conditions? Who else was in there? Was his wife in there? Was his kids in there? Well, you know, why was he flying a helicopter? This, that, and the other. And so you just get so oversaturated with just people trying to give you content, even though there's no news to tell you at that yeah. time. 
So then I'm on a family text chat message that starts to come through afterwards, and then people are speculating, well, was his daughter on the on the flight with him? Who else was on there? And I was just able to sort of tune it out and just really sort of just, I mean, I don't want to say the word appreciate, but to respect what had happened without trying to seek whose fault was it? Who did this? Who did that? Why, why was he flying a helicopter? Oh, was it too foggy? Was it not foggy enough, right? Because everyone tries to rationalize something that is an irrational thing, right? You're crashing in a helicopter. Kobe Bryant took a helicopter to every single practice and every single game for the last 10 years of his NBA career because he yeah. said, I want to spend as much time with my family as possible, so I'm going to fly a helicopter. I remember this because I was living in L.A., and I saw his helicopter land because where I worked in El Segundo was across the street from, at the time, it was the Toyota Center, like the Toyota Practice Center, right by El Segundo. So it was right south of the airport. So he would actually just fly right into that area and then fly right out. So there were times you would just see a helicopter sort of land here, you know, the people going about their business, and then they fly out. Like where I played ice hockey in L.A. was at that arena where the Lakers do their, their summer practicing. Oh, interesting. So, okay. so I so I got the context of like, yeah, I knew Hel- Kobe Bryant. That was his thing. He took helicopters everywhere. And so for this to sort of happen, you don't really expect it because people take helicopters all the time. Although you hear of aviation accidents, you hear more helicopter accidents than any other type of aviation accident. So Colin be- McRae died as well, I believe. Died in, Just because uh, helicopters helicopter can so kind of land anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's it's one of those things where you don't need a plane. You don't need a or you don't need like a runway really. You don't need sort of like this giant hangar to store all this stuff, right? You kind of just need, you need to be like able a to take flat-ish a square of land. Exactly. So, yeah, the way that I found out about it was different probably than the way that I found out about any other sort of celebrity passing in the time that I've been an adult. Because normally I go right to the internet. I would have been on ESPN all day. I would have been tuned in to trying to hear all the stuff. And again, it just ends up turning into noise. You don't learn anything new. It's just people trying to give you content like i felt that way about 9-11 i don't know if you remember this but at some point i had to turn the tv off because it was just so overwhelming and so just more news more news nothing new let's talk to this person hey let's talk to this random person on the street what do you think about this that's what it always turns into and i missed all of that well, that's what 24-hour news cycle is what it does is it actually makes it more sad because yes. Like I know CNN was showing, I don't know if it was their interview or somebody else. I think it was somebody else's, but they, they basically had Shaq and a few other people just kind of, um, you know, looking back on them and it was, it's bittersweet. I mean, it's really sad, but at the same time you, you learn about all these friendships and the deeper connections he had with people. I mean, even listening to Larry Wilmore's podcast, he's a big Lakers fan and he was like, he basically recorded his feedback independently of his podcast and he was like getting emotional and of you course could, look you Kobe could hear Bryant, him like, bored, like crying but it I was, was listening to was the, the sports podcast i listened to they basically said this is basically like it's the equivalent of the passing of john lennon as far as the number of outreach and support and people who knew who he was i mean people that worked had sort of told me and these are people who were from all over the world right like i work with an italian guy and he's like yeah kobe everyone in italy loved kobe kobe lived in italy when his dad was playing basketball he could speak fluent italian he was their nba star they basically considered him italian and then you talk to people all over the world everyone knows who kobe bryant is this is like michael jordan dying right after his career ended like it's that or wayne gretzky dying right after his career ended or you know any other star player that transcends the sport that they play because kobe bryant was bigger than basketball um, he was a worldwide phenomenon, and a lot of it wasn't necessarily good either. With like again, he was 
honestly, he is the first sexual assault case that I ever remember of like yeah. being big news story of oh this guy's in trouble because he has done something extremely inappropriate and we're trying to figure out do we like him or not are we allowed to still root for him to be a basketball player should he be allowed to play basketball anymore yeah and this guy's a superstar oh did he get off easy it like that was the first like OJ is the first murder trial i remember and i believe Kobe is like the first like oh he like this is not something you do and everyone sort of making jokes and all the stuff that comes with that and the fact that he sort of repaired his marriage repaired so his there was life yeah there was one uh there was one tweet that i saw and it was by some woman i don't know who it was but it just said attention white women not now <laughs> i mean pretty much and, like it's like he, and it was met yeah. with very different results but i was like yeah i mean that was that was 2003 like if there is any path to forgiveness you would assume that he took that path and he wasn't he wasn't accused he wasn't convicted of anything right if nope. he well if he, he was acquitted he i don't know if he was civil he settled suit. okay yeah he settled a civil suit but he was not convicted of, of a crime right. i believe the case was dismissed and then just listening to what i heard on larry wilmore is like the guy really did like turn around and put a lot of effort into like women's sports you know he raised he was well, raising he's four, four, daughters, four daughters, and yeah, that's, yeah and, and and his daughter was in his daughter. He was taking his daughter to a basketball practice, right? Yeah, like it really. I mean, that's the saddest part about it, right? Is yep. um, you know, and and, and by, by far, even sadder. And, and, and I bet you, if you could talk to Kobe now, he would say the same thing. That Kobe lived a life, right? He had a life that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the rest of the world will never experience, but. Yep. For his daughter to be in that same situation. And again, the thing that got me, and again, I don't have kids, but you think about how helpless you would feel as this is happening. And you basically are looking at your child and you can't do anything about it. That's got to be the worst feeling as a parent. Where you know you're not so much fearful for yourself, but you're fearful for your child who hasn't been able to experience all the things that you've experienced just by living, regardless of whether he was a basketball player or he worked at a deli, right? Like she didn't get a chance to live her life, whether that was playing basketball or being an accountant. She never got that chance. And so the, the guilt and the responsibility you have to feel at that moment has to be, I mean, that's that no one wants to go out that way. Everyone wants to go out peaceful, surrounded by people who love them and not in sort of what that must have looked like. And so that's the part for me that I was like, oh, like, I'm glad that I'm not paying attention to all this media coverage. You can be sad, but then you can also be happy for the fact that this dude had so many people around him, even through the tough times where, I mean, Kobe was a bit of a was a bit of a savage. Like he and he like he was like relentless in pursuit of winning like he did not care about the consequences most of the time of doing whatever it take whatever it took to win and those people normally aren't remembered in that way afterwards but again if you want to see what greatness looks like it looks like that yeah well good way to wrap so, up yeah. the thoughts on kobe enough, really enough of the sadness that's our thoughts after everyone else probably gave their thoughts but for me i'm exactly. just like yeah look it's it's extremely sad and for me i don't i don't think it could have yeah. went unsaid exactly on the podcast and, so and, and again and i'm not a and i'm not i wasn't a big kobe fan right i grew up a pistons fan so the my favorite basketball team of all time is the 2004 pistons that beat that lakers team that had kobe and Shaq and carl malone and um gary payton it was a team of basically blue collar un, unsung heroes 
as a Pistons fan that won that championship. So I'm not a Lakers fan. I don't, you know, whatever. Kobe's fine. He was a great player, but I feel the same way I feel about him as about LeBron or anybody else. Where it's like they're fun to watch, but I didn't have such an emotional connection where this person changed my life in any way, shape, or form. But again, to go out that way is has to make you realize your own mortality and want to actually take a minute and you know realize that you need to really enjoy the time that you have because you never know when it's done. Yep, well said. All righty, let's move All on right. to some stuff that's more fun. So, All right, so like, said, here, here's what you got. Something gross, okay. something fun. Let's switch it up. Let's do something fun and then go gross. Oh, man, you hit a, uh, a daily double. That means you got two options for something fun. I could tell you about KFC or I could tell you about McDonald's. Oh, this is good. All right, let me think. Um, <laughs> KFC or McDonald's. When's the last time I had either of them? Now, again, I haven't eaten meat in probably a year and a few months. Now, I, um, I will give you another hint here. One of these yeah. things is actually about that company. The other one is that, comp- that company is just a part of the story. <laughs> so I'm guessing that the KFC story is about that company. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, let, you know what? Let's talk about some chicken. All right. Cool. Here we go. Now, KFC. I'm reading. Oh, wait. I already have this open. Why am I opening it again? All right. Reading from Reuters. KFC to sell Beyond Meats plant-based fried chicken Look in southern right US. Right up my alley. Yeah. Okay. Now, Love this it. is fantastic because this is a perfect transition into the something gross. So, here we go. <laughs> Beyond Meat. So, reading from Chicago and Reuters. Beyond Meat said on Wednesday it will supply plant-based fried chicken, that's in quotes, to several KFC stores in Tennessee and North Carolina after a test conducted last year showing strong consumer demand. Fast food chains, including McDonald's, Burger King, and Dunkin' Brands, have raced to add imitation meat products to their menus as Americans cut down on animal protein consumption. While those companies have rolled out imitation pork or beef patties, Yum Brands Inc.'s KFC is the first to launch plant-based chicken, in quotes. The product is 80 calories per piece and looks a bit like a fried chicken nugget with a Cin- All right. How the fuck? I don't. I've never read this word. I've never seen this word. S i n e w y. Sinewy. 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 S y n. S i n. S i n e w y. E w i. Sinewy. Sinewy. Is 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 that like the texture? Are you talking about texture here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like meat texture, right? Like it's normally got like the tendons and some of the things that sort of pull apart on it. So yeah, that's gotta be what that is, right? Gross when you describe it like that. Sinewy texture designed to feel like chicken. Yeah, of course. It will be available next month in dozens of stores in and around Nashville, Tennessee, and Charlotte, North Carolina, the company said. KFC said it would take what it learns from those markets to be able to understand how offering the imitation chicken will play out nationally. Now, what I meant to do before this is to um, is to find the feedback. There's there was this couple who was reviewing this when it first when they first did their test and there was lines they were selling out it was getting it was getting kind of wild um, but they have a quote here where it says our intention is not to run out um, because it most certainly did when they did the test and they it was pretty hilarious they were actually like yeah it tastes like chicken it's not chicken though <laughs> but yeah it does it does taste like it if you didn't tell me it wasn't chicken I might I might believe it was chicken <laughs> so. So it's happening. It is it's happening. Look, what are your thoughts? KFC being bold because we're we're getting away from meat. But it's funny. We're getting away from red actually, meat. We're going to chicken. 
I don't think they're actually being bold. That's the thing. Like, I feel like a lot of these companies are just late to the party, and they're doing it financially because more and more people are at least trying to eat less meat. So even if you aren't going vegetarian or vegan, you're just trying to reduce the meat consumption in your diet, period. And they realize that if you're out to eat and eating fast food and you're reducing your meat consumption, not having an option is making people go to the other options. Like, if you look at Burger King, Burger King has probably sold way more impossible whoppers than any other company has sold any type of impossible meat just because it doesn't exist right like that brand being tied with burger king had to increase their sales had to i don't think they lost money doing that so why not right well that's the thing they're actually they're actually struggling now to sell okay are they yeah yeah that's come out recently where this they're actually reducing the price well, look at that. You, you let me give that rant and didn't give me the full information. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is a maybe they are being bold. Maybe it is a fad that's only going to last for a little while. Then they realize that people who don't want to eat well, K- well meat Burger then, King had yeah. a weird thing because you're if you're somebody who's going to eat the like fake meat, right? Right. Or plant based meat, I guess you could call it. Then you really have your demographics. Who are they? It's. People who it's vegetarians, right? I guess it's vegetarian vegans. People who have a dietary restriction who who aren't eating meat or dairy. Okay, so so put those aside. We're going to get back to them. And the other side is people who maybe are who like meat, but they also want to be more environmentally conscious because I guess it's better for the environment, right? Sure. Otherwise, to what extent? Why would you order those other two? Unless and there's probably a curiosity group in there, but they're just going to try it once and they're not going to find it better. So they may fall into that previous camp if they're like, "Oh, this is as good as the normal Whopper." Well, it's funny because the main problem that I have is is, the main problem I have is cost. Because yes, why if you eat everything, why would you pay up to two to five dollars more to eat an imitation of something versus just eating the real thing when you don't care either way? Exactly. So then go back to the original group. The there was they got under fire Burger King because they were cooking the impossible yes. whoppers in the same yeah, that's like, a problem. containers <laughs> and same grills that they were cooking the other stuff in. So you're still getting that meat juice, we'll call it meat juice. Can I can I use that? Is that sure unsettling? Well, you're or getting, you, again, you're 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 it's Again, it probably changes the flavor of it as well. So you're not being honest with, oh, this tastes like meat. When it's like, well, yeah, you're cooking it in meat juice. So it should taste like meat. And some people who are really sort of, you know, really strict on their principles of not eating animal products, you know, they don't use they don't use honey or beeswax. Like they they check the type of clothes they buy. Those people again, those people are out there and those people are growing, I would say. But yeah, but yeah. then you absolutely wouldn't do it. Like so that's going to turn off that former group. So then what do you have? Just the just the environmentally conscious people? Yeah, or people but, who are just trying to reduce, but again, that that's reduced as in not eating at Burger King every single day, right? So it's like, hey, I happen to go to Burger King and you know, I'm just going to roll the dice and try this option. But I don't believe those people eat fast food all the time either is part right. of the problem. Like your daily goers to McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, those people are not going to switch over to eating this fake meat when it's more expensive. Yeah. So as a, as a uh, as a premise, as a cool idea it is, it, it as a cool of an idea it is. I think I got that right. It's just um I think your audience is kind of limited after that initial shock. So if this uh if the KFC thing works out, I don't I don't know how many vegetarian options they have at KFC. 
Like none. Uh, yeah. I don't know how, if they even have, still have grilled chicken. That used to be a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I've uh, been to KFC in so long. I have no idea. I think idea. they do. I love KFC. I don't know if you understand how much I love KFC. Uh, I, look, KFC is good. But I, yeah, I guess just... I guess you, you're thing, more of a Popeyes guy, right? If you have to put the I am more of a Popeyes guy. If you told That's me fine. to choose one, it's Popeyes. Uh, out of all the chicken KFC, places, but I grew up yeah. with K- KFC versus Popeyes. Well, again, I grew now, up. With I respect KFC the game. Well, I respect but Popeyes. I but just, yeah, but you know. Popeyes, you get the biscuits and the red beans and rice and the spicy chicken. It's a little better. Now Chick Fil A, I was a big zealot of Chick Fil A once I moved out of the, a state that didn't have Chick Fil A. Mm. But then Chick Fil A got weird, and you know the chicken sandwich is fine. But I think other people have caught up, like. Popeye's chicken sandwich, like the sandwich they had, apparently was delicious. They were selling out of it. It was nuts. Yep, I had it. It was okay. It was good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. I, I got the spicy one. It wasn't spicy. My favorite. I actually, I'd say one of the best spicy chicken. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's spicy either. But one of the best uh, fried chicken sandwiches is actually Shake Shack. It's unbelievable. Huh? How good it is. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Shake Shack. They everything they do. I'd say everything Shake Shack does, they do well. The burgers are great. The fried chicken sandwich is great. The the fries are great. They're always crispy. It doesn't make any sense. Um, their milkshakes are great. They have now these like little chicken nuggets. Not great. That's, that's the <laughs> only thing. That's the only thing they've really kind of dropped the ball on recently. So figure that shit out, Shake Shack, and um, you know, you'll be batting a thousand again. Yeah, so that's all I really got on this, and that that's a pretty good transition into um, into something gross, which is I don't even know if I want to read the headline. I'm not. I'm not going to read the headline. I'm just going to take you down this journey. But um, the subtitle is "Beef won't be what's for dinner much longer." Very ominous. And this article is really long. This is from Engadget, and I've I've highlighted some key points. I've actually done a little bit of prep for this, so you know I, I've I've right. highlighted the big parts. Here we go. By 2050, by 2050, there will be an estimated 10 billion humans living on this planet. Beyond that being a lot of mouths to feed, those folks will be, on average, wealthier than today's population, with a taste for the foods found in regions like the U.S. and Western Europe. But we simply don't have the capability, the land, or the production resources to ensure that many people can eat a cheeseburger whenever the mood strikes. Luckily, researchers from around the globe are working on alternative protein sources to supplement our existing beef, pork, and chicken. So then it kind of goes into these plant-based burgers. It talks about tofu. It talks about all this other stuff, but I'm going to skip ahead. Julie Lesnick, a, biolo- a biological anthropologist at, Wayne State, at Wayne State University. Shout out to advoca- Wayne State. Yeah? That's a, Where is that's that? A, that's a Detroit school. Okay. It's a, okay. Advocates that we look to get our, our meat from smaller, more resource-efficient animals than cattle. Specifically... Yep. You, if you already know this, why don't you guess? It, it, it's bugs, right? It's got to be cockroaches or some type of beetle. Crickets. Crickets. There you go. Okay, crickets. Something. She, yeah, po- yeah. she points out that per kilogram, crickets offer roughly the same amount of protein as beef, as well as significantly more micronutrients since you're consuming the exoskeleton as well. Crunchy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're kind of talking. She, she's not just saying like, we can turn crickets into real things. She's straight up like saying eat crickets. Just eat the cricket. 
eat the cricket. Yeah. Crickets. So I'm skipping ahead. She kind of goes on to some of the, uh, some of the reasons like the ethical, the, um, the more economical ways of how this is better and the amount of water required. So moving on, here's, here's a, some from the article crickets for the same yield of protein quote, use less than one liter of water based on the fact that crickets get all their water needs from their food and quote, Switching our diets from cow to cricket could help slow climate change as well. The FAO estimates that grazing animals are responsible for as much as 40% of the methane released into the atmosphere every year. Yep. But so it's more about the production of those things, because otherwise, if you just stop killing them and, and cooking them, they're, they're still there. Yeah, but right? it's, it's the mass production of it, right? Like so, so you would curb the production of it. Well, yeah, that's the thing is that you wouldn't be trying. Like again, the 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 thing about the meat industry that's pretty gross is that they found ways, obviously through technology and science, to cheat the time that it takes to get a fully mature animal that you would use for meat, right? So it's sort of like instead of being two years to get a cow that's the right size to yield the most amount with the right amount of fat and all the stuff that you need to make it taste good, you can do that in six months. So you produce more cows and you produce more meat because the demand is high. So if the demand keeps getting higher, you'll find more and more ways to sort of cheat this process, which means having a lot of land resources and a lot of water resources. So to be able to feed a cow, cow's a big animal, right? So you got a lot of resources for one to let it graze if you want to not keep them in in a box, you know, and the amount of food that it takes to feed them that you could be feeding people. Quite frankly, like I believe the majority of the soy that gets grown and produced is used for livestock feed. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's not all going to like edamame. No, it's not. Although a lot of edamame is consumed if you think about it. It is. But yeah, but like just got to be on the soy rise. production. Most of it's used to feed animals. So imagine if all the stuff mm. that you did to feed animals, all the water you had to use to feed animals if you didn't have to do that at the rate that you have to do it now, if you made meat a luxury item, then you'd have less of it. You'd have less meat. It'd be more expensive. You can eat it when you wanted to, but then you wouldn't need, I mean, I look at this country that I'm in in New Zealand, right? Most of their farms that used to be sheep farms have all moved over to dairy and cattle farms. And mm. you wouldn't, you wouldn't need it to that amount if people stopped eating so much meat and dairy. Yeah. Well, I have one more uh, part more to this uh, article specifically talked about the crickets Despite all the nutritional and environmental upsides, getting people to eat crickets, especially when the finished product still looks like a cricket, has proved challenging. Quote, when we're thinking about why we don't eat insects, this is like a little bit of the history here. It's really a story of Europe and that Europe being in high latitudes. Insects aren't available year round. This is Lesnick speaking. Quote, eating insects in the summer can give a reprieve from hunting, but it's nat- but it's nutritionally redundant, so it's not an important resource. End quote. And as European nations colonized Africa and Asia, where insects are generally available year-round, they spread their notion on bugs' relative edibility with them. So, I guess, historically speaking, white, white people if you go back it. all the... Yeah, I suppose so. That's what, that, that's what this article just said. It's white people's fault why we don't eat more bugs. <laughs> it's not a taste thing either. They're just like, wow, you know, I could eat this juicy burger or I could have this crunchy cricket. Well, I guess that's the thing is how do you cook cricket? Like, what's the style here? Do you, do you have to cook crickets? I guess I could Google this. How but I guess that's the question, right? Like, like, let's say I had a box of crickets, right? Yep. Like, let's say there was like 50 crickets in a box. How do I start to cook this? You might not have to. You might just eat it like snack. The most, but like, not if they're bouncing around. I kind of want them to be dead, right? 
Yeah, you want them dead. Um, I would so like, imagine. What's the process? How do I yeah. kill it? How do well, I? Wait, if you have it? A- like, what do I do? I can't snap <laughs> its neck. It's so small. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Ooh. Do I blend it? Like, what do I do? Well, I okay. So I just I just found this uh, link on <laughs> on a website, Mother Nature Network, MNN.com, and it's the most appetizing way to eat crickets. Now, I think this assumes all the crickets are dead. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I got to figure out how do I kill the crickets first. Like, um, I'm sure maybe there's a farm that will kill them for me. But like, let's just say I wanted to go co- start collecting crickets and eating them. How do well, I kill them? Uh, I I guess I could Google that too. How to kill crickets for food? Eating, yes, for, for food. eating. I guess. All right, let's see here. To kill them. How do oh how American cricket farmers raise bugs for us to eat? Okay, yes. here we go. Look at interesting. That. All right, so this is on Vice. Munchies, food by Vice. <laughs> if Westerners begin to eat crickets, it begin to eat insects alongside chicken and beef. Will bug farmer will bug bug farms be held to the same standards as sustainably grown animals? I spoke to the Ohio-based cricket farmer who figured out how he's raising noisy crickets for human consumption. All right, I just want to know, how do you kill? To kill them. Oh, perfect. Thank you, Control-F. <laughs> to kill them, Bakubar, 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 the farmer, puts the crickets <laughs> in a coffin freezer. He is okay, still waiting for... He is still waiting for his walk-in, and the crickets go into their natural state of dispause, which is, quote, like hibernation, but more complete, end quote. <laughs> wow, what a Jesus. perfect way to explain killing. It's like hibernation, but just more complete. I'm going to stop trying to pronounce this guy's name. He then turns, or she, I have not established that, then turns the temperature even lower, and the crickets die painlessly. So you freeze them. There is no, quote, there is no neurological pain for them in this process, he says. They just gradually slow down and do cease animation. Has he asked a cricket? And that, I, I, I mean, who are they going to tell? It's like the cricket just gets sleepy. He's just like, oh, man, I'm so tired, man. I think I'm just going to take a nap. No, no, man, stay up, stay up. Are you going to, no, man, I'm real tired. I'm just going to go to sleep. Is that what the cricket's doing? Yeah, this could be like an anesthesia type thing. Like, man, I'm not cold. I'm not even falling asleep. I'm not, I'm not even tired. You think I'm tired? I'm not tired at all. I'm not, and then you're gone. Could be like that. And then, so they just gradually slow down and cease animation. And then we freeze them down a little deeper, and then they can't wake back up. So there you go. It freezes them to death. Right, okay. Fair enough. He, he gives them the old uh, Walt Disney treatment. So then you have uh, some categories here. Uh, you got some, uh, some recipes from uh, Mother Nature Network. Which is, uh, so we got, I don't know how I feel about this name, but I'm just going to read what it says. Crickers. A samp- I sampled the everything version of these crackers made with cricket flour at the James Beard conference, and I really like them. In fact, on Instagram I wrote, I just ate crackers made with cricket flour. Really good. Seriously, I'd munch on these anytime. So I guess you could make uh, cricket crackers? Sure, got- like you can ground them into an unrecognizable thing. That's probably the way to do it. Okay, we got yeah, Bitty Cookies. Cricket Cookies? Yep. Created by Megan Miller and Leslie Ziegler. Of course, be made by a German. With some culinary <laughs> direction from Chef Tyler Florence. All right, maybe it's a Yeah, so it's like they're making These the, cookies the come in three varieties. Yeah. Chocolate chip, chocolate cardamom, and orange ginger. Slow roasted, sustainable crickets create a nutty flavor that mixes with ingredients like coconut oil. Based in San Francisco, Biddy's mission is to popularize edible insects in the Western diet by incorporating them into delectable, healthy treats. Chapel? I don't know what that is. What's that? 
cricket bars. Chapel markets itself is the original cricket energy bar. Oh, Chapel okay, CEO so. Pat Crowley introduced the bar on the TV show Shark Tank, where he was given $500,000 to invest in the company. They contained complete protein and nutrients like iron and B12. We got hmm. chirp chips, and that's it. <laughs> so I guess the question is, can you farm crickets anywhere? Like, I wonder if there's anyone in New Zealand farming crickets, because it seems, I don't even know where no. do you start. Like, let's say this is a great business idea, and I wanted to start farming crickets. How do I start? Do I just get some crickets and How let them raise- breed? And then how to raise get your a own crickets, right? Yeah, like how do how I to, raise my own crickets for eating? Because quite frankly, I guess my take on this is I don't necessarily find it so gross. What I find gross is like eating just the full thing by itself, legs and antenna and all. If you, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just as gross as eating, you know, a cow with its with its ears looking at you, or, or eating a lobster, right? Like with its full head on. But when you cook it and cut the body off and just show the tail, it's not as gross. So, like, if you grind it up and you make it a meal and you make it like that type of stuff, it's fine. But you're like still, if, you're still, you're still vegetarian. I am. Yes. Uh, you're not vegan. You're vegetarian. Which which one? I'm is basically it? vegetarian at this point. I try to eat as vegan as possible, but I've not. I've shied away. I've shied less away from dairy since Christmas than I did the mm-hmm. previous eleven months. Yeah, you had that. Um, oh man, and that banana pudding. And that's just more out of ease, to be honest, because I'm lazy. Because you go Stop. places and asking if they have milk and stuff just gets tiring. So when I cook my own food, it's all vegan. But when I go out somewhere, and it's like, there's fine. They, they just put use judgment. In the yeah. sauce. All right. Well, I found, I found another article for you here. Cricket farming. Seven effortless steps to raise crickets for profit and food. Are right, you want these? I do. Yes. All right. Cool. So um, just give me the steps. It's like, what is cricket farming? Yeah, cricket farming is a method where you can raise crickets. You can raise them outdoors if you have a setting for them that you can keep warm enough. However, if not, you can always raise them discreetly indoors as well because they require such a small amount of space. Wouldn't it be annoying as hell? Your neighbors have got to hate you if you raise crickets because you just hear them all the time. Yeah. All right. Oh, my God. How would you raise crickets? One, for yourself. Two, for your birds. Three, for bait. Four, for reptiles. Five, for money. Guanas and stuff, right? I'm guessing eat crickets. What? How do you start a cricket farm? Oh, this is really long. Yeah, so no, it's really long. I'm, I'm guessing you get a couple of crickets. All right, so you, so you get their home ready. All right, I got to the steps. Get their home ready. So when when deciding to raise crickets, you are in luck because they require very little to get started. You'll need a 14-gallon bin that has high and smooth sides. You need the high sides to keep the crickets from being able to easily jump out of the bin. However, if you have a bin with indentations on the side, the crickets can easily be use them as a ladder to climb up. All right, so just get a big-ass bin so that the crickets can't get out of. So trap them. Okay. Trap them in a bucket. Yep. Two, buy the crickets. All right, I'm, I'm going to skip. Okay, after... Holy shit. After, <laughs> after, you, after you have the crickets home all ready to go, you'll need to purchase your crickets. That usually go for about a dime a piece. So you'll need about... How many crickets do they recommend to you get started? Guess. Yes. So a dime a piece, which means you get 10 for a dollar. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guess that you need $1,000 worth of crickets. No. <laughs> but just tell me how many crickets. So that that's like, what's that, okay, 10,000 so like, crickets? You think you need 10,000 crickets to get started? <laughs> well, I don't know how big Holy a is. So, shit. So, so, so maybe like 100 <laughs> of them? I don't know. How many crickets do you think you need? 500. 500 crickets to get started. You 50 that bucks here. I wasn't that far off. You were very far off. You were okay. by 10,000 10, crickets. <laughs> you were off by, let me see how good I am with the percentage here. You you were off by like 2,000%. No, I don't know. You were off by a lot. Anyway, okay. um, I might be right with that number. Three, feed the crickets. Now that you have your, your bucket of crickets, 
Uh, you'll need to feed them. So what do they eat? Let's see. If you're raising them for human consumption, then you'll need to play around with this step a little bit. The reason is crickets' taste will vary depending on what they eat. I'd serve hot sauce. So you'll need to figure out... <laughs> th- I said that. They, that was not in the article. So you need to figure... Yeah, I want it to taste like meat. <laughs> so you need to figure out what to feed them in order to give them the best flavor. However, if you're raising them for consumption, it doesn't matter. Well, what the fuck? Doesn't even, okay, you'll, you'll need... To feed your crickets plants such as cucumber, pumpkin plants, and other plant-based items. Okay. So you there feed you them go. cucumber, so they're a little refreshing. Yeah, because it says if you're raising them for consumption by animals, then you can feed them whatever ends up being the yeah, most cost-effective. Yeah, it's like, too bad, you. animal. Here's your food. They're for you, veggies. it's like, yeah. well, you know, I want a little cucumber, a little, a little lime, a little mint. Okay, here we go. This is where things get nasty. Create a maternity area. Create lay cre- Crickets lay eggs, which means you have to come up with an area for them to lay their eggs. This is as simple as filling a small tray with topsoil. You'll, need then, you'll then need to place the tray inside the bin. You'll need to spray the tray daily with water to keep it moist and desirable for the crickets to lay their eggs, eggs in. When you begin seeing things within the soil that look like tiny grains of rice sticking up, then you'll know that your crickets have laid their eggs. After you begin to see this, you'll need to remove the tray and prepare for the next step, incubating the eggs. Then you've raised the babies. Oh my God, dude. You're, you, I could honestly see you doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you see me doing this? I don't know. You're not on social media. You're not on the, you're not on the news. I mean, it's you might look at this article. my free time starting a cricket farm. Maybe you might be like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be self-sustained off the grid. I'm, I'm just going to live off crickets. Yeah, good. I'm and not. I, and I honestly, that can... that may that may be when Alice walks away. I mean, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating crickets again. Stop that's... with the fucking crickets. <laughs> well, I guess that's the thing, right? Like, would you eat like what level do you get off of the eating cricket train? I get off when I got to eat the actual cricket. But if you grind it up in any sort of shape or form, I don't really care. Like, whatever. Probably tastes fine. Yeah, I, I don't know because you got to incubate it, then you raise the babies, and you get. But where it doesn't say, "Hey, you kill them." Yeah, I think you just probably take the whole bin, and because that's the just thing, right? in the like, freezer, and then put them into that deep keep, sleep. Yeah, I don't think you can keep <laughs> opening up the tray back and forth, right? You kind of got to have a system where you can just put or put the tray in, freeze them, or when they get to a certain number, or just it's sort of like beekeeping. I'm guessing very similar process. Yeah, never. This is incomplete because it tells you how to like raise a bunch of crickets. But it never actually says how to eat them or like what to do. I guess you just shove that whole bin in there. And the thing is, you'd have to have this away from your house because let's just yeah. say you accidentally tip over a bucket and they go everywhere. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> are you getting That's these things mess. back? Probably not. There's probably going to be one or two no. that, that escape, and then you can't. You know, you don't want to crush them. Like they're your they're your revenue source. You got to catch them and and you know keep them there. Then who knows what type of cricket diseases they get? Then it could wipe out your whole farm. Yeah, yeah, and it's just going to be annoying. You're just yeah, going to hear this shit. If you're in a neighborhood, noise. I'll, I'll give this tip. Don't do this if you live in an apartment. Well, no. You, sh- you got to have a farm. You got to be outside. You got Yeah, you got to have a lot of space. You want to put this bad juju on yourself, go ahead. Just don't don't subject people around you to it. So and honestly, I wanna, I wanna if, you're going, if you're growing crickets crickets. and you're in the neighborhood, don't offer me any. I want to find somewhere I, I can eat crickets. Uh, I, you should, I'm gonna look. I'll search this up for New Zealand to see if there's a place I can eat crickets, and then I can talk. Can you do that? Is that within the rules, or do you want me to look for you? Uh, look for me. It's within the rules, but look for me because I'm lazy. Where can I eat crickets in New Zealand? I guess I okay. should search your town, right? Or can I order so them? Wellington? In Wellington. Oh well, Wellington, New Zealand. Eat crawlers, New Zealand's first and largest edible insect. 
and that just blanks it. Okay. So can these I guys buy sell these a things? bunch of package goods. Yeah, you could buy it. Oh, okay, so what, is, is it eat crawlers that code that in Z? Whoa. In yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> you got to get these and report back. Oh yeah, you have to. Let's see. You have to get these. They got they got tarantula coated insects. They got lightly salted insects. They oh man, yeah, you got to get these and you got to report back. Where are these people located? Where are they located? I don't. It looks like you just buy these online. Shop. Yeah, you just get these online. Okay, they're uh, they're actually somewhere where I was for uh, New Year's. They're up. They're up here. Okay, so I know where they're coming from. Okay, so there's a shop here. Should I just get the gift bundle? Because it looks like the gift bundle, you get a bunch of different stuff. You Yellow get ultimate mixture gift bundle for forty nine ninety nine New Zealand dollars. Cricket, okay. scorpions, or an insect mixture. Yeah. Like I guess the I question know. is eating is it eating insects no longer vegan? Whoa, these are really insects. Holy crap. They're not vegan. There's no way because they're <laughs> living things. Vegan people right. won't even eat honey, and you're not even eating the the freaking bee. I don't know if I can do this. This looks rough. Do it. Give it a try. Come Ugh. on, man. Do it for the. <laughs> I can't eat scorpions, Go. man. Like, you don't have to eat scorpions. They're not all scorpions, right? You can get locust? one without scorpions. You can get locust. Why are you, you farming eat, locust? Eat, eat the plague, man. <laughs> <laughs> eat, the, eat the plague. I mean, like, I'll get the flower. Oh, the flower's all sold out. That's what people can. Yeah, the flower's sold out. That's hilarious. You, the people fifty gram the and the ten gram of flour, or a hundred grams of flour, <laughs> is all sold out. You can get 500 grams of cricket flour, which is a pound of it. You can, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whoa. I, I told you, I you stop can, it like the, I stop it like having to see the legs of the insect. Yeah, this is straight up. Like you, you could literally buy a zebra tarantula. Oh yeah, you could just straight up eat this thing. Oh, chocolate covered yeah. scorpions. Oh, gross. oh, that's okay. I'd do it. Oh, like if it's chocolate covered, you wouldn't even know. I mean, but it looks like the scorpion. Yeah. Oh, these are these look exactly like if you if you don't know what we're you obviously have no idea what we're looking at. Look wherever you are. If you're not driving a car right now and you have service, like take your phone out. Go to eatcrawlers.co.nz. Go to honestly the best thing to go. Go go to the shop and then go to lightly salted natural insects. That's what I'm looking at. And every one of these is like oh, a freeze, the oh, is, is like a. Oh, oh, <laughs> we're looking at like freeze dried oh. freeze dried bugs. Oh, it, it's like you are straight up looking at these things, and you are just munching on bugs. Oh, like eating the ab- bug eating, munching, e- eating the eating the tarantula butt. Oh, oh, you eat it all. It's not just the butt. You're getting it all. You're <laughs> oh. getting it all. Oh, oh man, I hope this yeah. doesn't fuck up my Google search results and it's gonna be like, hey, you're looking at all this wow. bug stuff. It's gonna make so, some weird recommendations. So just to go through here, right? You can get a mixture of insects. The chocolate right? coated insects seem reasonable. So the so the mixture of insects is crickets, grasshoppers, mealworms. That's the three that you get. Right? Oh, and they're man. sprinkled with sea salt. Uh-huh. Um after that, <laughs> oh, there's a zebra tarantula, locust. Yeah. Oh, that zebra Armor tarantula tails. looks nasty. Yeah, it looks oh, it rough. Looks, it looks rough. Yeah, and I, and I think you just get one in the box too. That's what it looks like. Yeah, because they just it basically it shows a picture of the box with a little window into it. It honestly looks like a carton of cigarettes, but it maybe like a little less threatening because they they show really messed up pictures in New Zealand on there. And then the next picture is just straight up like this freeze dried tarantula. Apparently Ingredients. If you're allergic. To this, this is hilarious. If allergic to uh, if you're allergic to like shellfish, you're allergic to insects. Huh. Interesting. Ingredients. Tarantula. Oh, that means they're not kosher. Wait, are insects kosher? They can't be. No way. No way. 
No way. Google, I'm going to Google that too. R insects. So just to go through the rest of the list here of what you can Culture. buy from this website, there's scorpions, oh there's black ants, there's lightly salted crickets. Locusts locust are considered kosher. <laughs> yeah, because it's the <laughs> biblical plague. <laughs> yeah, so you get them back. <laughs> yeah, light light salted big crickets, lightly salted grasshoppers. Oh my god! And then there's and then you can buy these at bigger quantities. You can buy a hundred grams of the insect mixture, mealworms, and then crickets and grasshoppers by themselves. Ugh. Honestly, I bet these chili chocolate locusts are pretty good. Dude, I can't eat a locust. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's chili chocolate. I'd expect oh, salt, just salted taste- caramel scorpions. Okay. Oh, that might that might turn you on. No, to, uh, I, I don't know if I can do this. Oh, they got scorpions let's, and lollipops. Let Let's think about this. I don't know if I can get <laughs> down this route. You know, this is this is rough. Ooh. <laughs> they have a whole page on why eat insects. I oh, thought yeah, it was a good idea go until, I, until I had to see the product itself. Ooh. Yeah, this is like fear factor shit that you go through. <laughs> Oh. I mean, they did it on Fear Factor. It's just like, yeah. it's a com- what about it's complete protein for the number of grams? What about cricket pasta? What about you should get cricket pasta? That seems fine. Like you're not actually looking at that stuff. The ingredients to cricket pasta: oh, yeah, Durham fine. wheat semolina. It's ten yeah. percent cricket flowers. That's like okay, that's fine. Dipping your toe well, I, again. Uh, I would try the flour itself, but the flour sold out, which makes sense. I think you can sell me on flour. I don't think you it's can't also sell enough. me on the actually. Uh, it's out. It's, I'm not buying oh, yeah, a pound is. of cricket flour, man. That ain't oh, happening. Yeah, because if you like, buy 500 I need 50 grams, grams it, yeah. to start. I need like 50 grams just to just to start. Okay, sure. All right, you're gonna make some baked goods. See how that works out. Yeah, for make you. some cricket cookies. Okay, make those. Uh, what are they called? They, oh, they, this this wasn't gross when you were reading it until I started looking at the <laughs> pictures, and now my stomach is is you know is officially. You know tossed. what's funny. Is like you kind of anticipate. I imagine the journey of anybody listening is assuming they're, they've stuck around this long is that they started like, okay, that's really gross. And then they're hitting this one like, oh no, it's just getting worse. It's horrific. <laughs> Jeez. And they're not even looking at these pictures. Oh yeah. Check it out. Uh, eatcrawlers.co.nz. Hey, look, guys, eatcrawlers, we're looking for sponsors. So if you guys yeah, a good point. want a sponsor on He's Abroad, <laughs> You know, I'll tweet at you. I'll tweet and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet to you about this segment. I fully endorse your product. Everything looks delicious. Oh, I'm so sure when they it send is you a delicious. message that goes, yeah, tell us where he lives and we'll send him some. Oh, I can't no. wait. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, do no. it. Do it. I, I swear. Here's my promise to you. Eat crawlers. Assuming I'm not allergic to any of your ingredients. Don't put avocado in this stuff. But like, or ibuprofen. If I'm not allergic to this stuff. If you sponsor, this is my promise to you, Eat Crawlers. If you sponsor our podcast, I will read whatever you make me read, and I will eat one of these things during each read. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a quitter like John. If you, if you send me a, a, a salted caramel, uh, a salted caramel scorpion, I'll, I'll eat the shit out of that. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it in earnest, oh. happily. I'll do it. it. You got to give us a lot of money, though. Okay. So <laughs> I, think, I think this story has run its course. I think it's done. Yes. All right. We're, go, we're, we're moving so, on to the next segment. All right. Next segment. Or if you want to go really long, I can tell you this quick McDonald's story. I don't know if I want to go really long. Let's save that for next time. All right. Fine. Table it. This It's, it's mostly it's because I'm getting hungry, just not because of the cricket talk. But I was hungry before we talked about the crickets. Okay, cool. So 
here are your here are your options of uh we're, we're moving on after those news stories it's time for a little uh reddish bluish blackish jewish this is of course the political segment and you got some choices so here's what we got i could tell you about putin i could tell you about the um about the impeachment and i could tell you about the the uh the democratic primary which has its first vote in iowa on monday we're recording this on friday interesting um i don't want to hear about some good diversity because i feel like we'll hear about the impeachment at a a later date i don't want to hear about it it's over uh let's hear about the democratic primary why not because putin like whatever it's putin well, Putin's doing some weird shit, but well, then, again, okay, that's timeless, and that's not and that's not going away. So okay, that's fine. All right, here we go. So the latest, I'm looking at five thirty eight here, and we don't need to spend too much time on this one, you know, because I because I I'm very excited about media therapy. So I'm looking at updated on January thirty first. That's today at the time of this reading. Who will win the twenty twenty Democratic primary according Can I to five thirty eight? So we got so basically. The uh, 538 has the odds ranked as they do. And this is like the poll of polls takes everything into account. And they've basically given the odds of who's going to win the Democratic primary candidate at this moment. It's all up to date. And uh, yeah, they do this for the primary. They do this for all the elections. If um, they they and, and I, I think it's a great resource because it's always based on odds. They're not saying this is going to happen. So they never fully count anybody out. It always opens up the chance of a long shot. If you remember the. 2016 election it said hillary by the time the votes were counted hillary clinton had a 72 percent chance of winning trump had a 28 percent chance and that's one in four and trump won so that's what i like about them so they have at the top why don't you guess who do you think is at the top of the ticket joe biden uh, to joe biden number one with a 46 that's a six right 46 percent chance of of winning the Democratic primary. Okay. Who do you think is behind him? Bernie Sanders. That's correct. With a one in four chance, 27% is where they put Sanders. Now, who do you think is behind him? Because I bet you will not guess this right, even if I'm you had guess, all the guesses. I'm going to guess it's Andrew Yang. No. Try oh. again. Elizabeth Warren. No, try oh, again. Oh, well, then I am out of people that I remember. No, it's not that person either, because they said no one, oddly enough, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. is ranked at one in six, 17%. Behind that, Elizabeth Warren, one in 20, with the 6%, which I am surprised uh, I, that- I forgot about Mayor Pete as well, right? He's in there. And Mayor Pete is behind her at 4%, and everybody else has a less than one, hundred, one in 100 chance at 0.7 percent chance so if anybody forward and i don't necessarily say i look forward because it's funny because the same way that i took the super bowl off this year from work i took election day off yes because there's a part of me there's a panel city there's a part of me that wants to do a live election podcast the evening of the results i'm down a big part of me that wants to do it as in you get on at 10 or you get on at nine when the votes start coming in, and you just do a podcast until the whole thing goes off the rails. Now I've already talked to our uh, our friend Chris out there. And, Chris be uh, down for he, doing a live podcast. I don't know if he'd be down. Podcast. I'm not gonna. I, you know, I could make assumptions. Probably get not. On here but, too. 
but Brittany oh, could be on here. Dream team. Dream team. We would be... I, I'd, I'd tell you what, that content would be as compelling as a nine-person panel hosted by Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. I'm down. Let's start planning it. Let's start we planning could. it because I've got the day off. I've taken the day off. I've taken a U.S. election day off from work. I've scheduled it in. That is, I believe it's November something. Because we could start in the evening, too. We could start. It would be our afternoon. So if we started at like two or three. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. It'd be like 10 o'clock my time. I think. Yeah, I mean, or, or we start, or it should probably be an hour evenings, which would be your like afternoon. afternoon. So we should probably do like about eight o'clock when yeah, exit polls start coming in. The, I believe I've taken off. Is election day the fifth? Or sorry, uh, the the third. Let's see, I believe election I've taken day. off the fourth, November third, Tuesday. Yeah, so I've taken off the fourth. So yeah, you got it right. Yep. So yeah, we we could plan for that. Get like maybe like a four hour. Four hour stream going, yeah. Because right now, if it's uh, Joe Biden, it. by then we can figure it I out. Look Maybe we'll have to, listeners by then. I look forward to having the meltdown of Trump. I look forward. Oh to my it. god, he's. Oh, you mean when he wins? Y- yes, the, the, the meltdown of yes, exactly of like what this looks like. It's going to be amazing. All of it, oh, man. Yeah, I I don't know it. That I don't. The problem is. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. The problem is Joe Rogan. And and I say that because <laughs> the uh, I had another story queued up. Bropra. I've learned that's no. his nickname. They oh, call really? him Bropra. <laughs> There's a st- so Joe Rogan endorsed Bernie Sanders. Yeah, because he came on his podcast, right? Well, he had Tulsi Gabbard on his podcast. Yeah, he had Andrew Yang on his podcast. But, he's, but he and likes it. And, and he nobody. said he said he likes these guys. And Joe Rogan specifically has come out as like, I voted... Democrat in every in every election. He yeah, is bro, bro. a Democrat. And he uh but he still has people but people will give him a lot of shit. So this is the problem because nobody on the left can just accept somebody on the left. You have to be pure if you're on the left. Like there are so many purity tests on the left where you can't accept a an endorsement from like the biggest podcaster on the planet and be like, Oh, okay, cool. You can't accept that he would endorse anybody. It's like, Oh my God, this is terrible. Why is that terrible? He, he should happily take that endorsement. Well, they saw what happened with Elon Musk, right? Because he went on there and he had a little weed and everyone went after him. It's not about that. It's about Rogan had things like, um, let's see here. It's, um, they're like, Oh yeah, he had, he made comments about, he made racial jokes. He makes trans jokes. He's a comedian. Yes. He has got he has guests on who promote all these bad things. It's like, well, he yeah, says he'll talk to podcast. anybody. I mean, it's I mean, yeah. th- that alone. I mean, he had Rosie O'Donnell on his podcast, too, Look at that. Too, but right? you, like, yeah, at the same time, he had Bernie Sanders on his podcast. He had Andrew yeah. Yang on his podcast. He has a bunch of liberal comedians on his podcast. And everybody's kind of... Obama warned about this, the circular firing squad, and that's what it is. And you have, um, God, what was, what was I just going to say? I There was somebody, I, a friend of mine who's like, yeah, what you'd vote. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Bernie guy. I was like, cool. I said, he's like, who do you care? Who, do you, who are you going to vote for? I was like, I don't know. I said, whoever whoever wins the primaries, who I'm going to vote for? I'm voting against Trump. And he's like, even if it's Biden? I'm like, what? What do you mean? Even if it's Biden, fine. It, it's against Trump. 
yeah. be anybody. And I think I'd probably What does that mean? If it's Trump. Biden, you're not voting? All right, then that's why Trump's going to win. That's he's that person's why Trump's going to win. It's because Absolutely. I listen to I listen to Rogan occasionally it depends on the guest. I listen to um, Greg Proops weekly. Proops is so far left wing in the tank male feminist. It's like I still like him because he's he's still funny, but you know, so he get, he gets a little far down the rabbit hole. And now, he, and he was somebody who's been on Rogan's podcast a few times, and now it seems like he hates him. But it's like you guys are on the same team. That's the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Is Republicans you could you could have somebody like Ted Cruz, who Trump basically slandered his dad by saying he was part of the Kennedy assassination, and even like talk shit about his wife and. Now, and Ted Cruz is like, yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> what are the odds, to to just wrap this up, what are the odds of him becoming president again on 538? All right, well. Right, those odds have to too. exist of like, I'm going to yeah. guess it's like 70% chance that he's going to become president again. It's got to be high, right? Um, I Let me see here. Of who wins the 2020 presidential election. 538 presidential presidential election 2020 let's see i don't know if it's up yet uh it might be but i think the better way to look at it is yeah i don't think they have that yet the better way to look at this is betting odds so 2020 presidential election odds thanks google for listening so all right we're going to oddsshark.com Trump train rolls on. No, 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 no. More sports. Oh, there we go. Politics. Politics. Because these these are always fun lists to look at because along the way, you'll get things like... uh, This isn't even... Jesus Christ. I just want... Gotta go somewhere else. Hang on. I'm getting there. Because I'd like to put a bet down for Trump winning because I should at least make some money in the misery of others. Okay, here we go. Top fate. Whoa. Okay, so. Wow. I don't. Wait a minute. That's top 10 favorites, long shot candidates. Trump's odds continue to hover around a strong. What is that? Minus 160, but there's significant movement yeah, the among favorite. the Dems. Yeah, Sanders the plus, plus 422 now has the best odds. Biden fell to plus 543. So what that means, negative one sixty. That was that was as of bet, two days ago, January. If you 20th. bet a hundred bucks, you win sixty. Okay. Got it. So that's the latest. Okay. We're screwed. And and the biggest yep. and the biggest problem is not Trump. Trump sucks. People hate <laughs> Trump. His approval's forty percent. Yeah. It's just that it's it's us versus them, and they're like, Well, at least it won't be them. It's us versus ourselves. That's well, the yeah, problem. That too. And for and the Bernie bros is like you know, you don't want to attack them, even though I probably just did by calling them Bernie bros. But if the, these are the same people who gave up the election because they're like, no, Bernie, I'm not voting for Clinton. I'm not voting for Hillary. So, yep. And they'll do the same for Joe Biden as well. So, look, yeah. I it's going to be fun having Trump actually get eight years of presidency, go down in America's history book. Be amazing. Well, my guess now is because he's going to be acquitted is that without witnesses is that they'll keep getting witnesses for this and other offenses. And my guess is I'm going to make this bet right now. I'm going to make this bold assumption. He will be impeached again. He might how be many, the first. How many times can you double impeach? as much as you want? Okay. <laughs> 
plus I don't think it's double jeopardy if you if you impeach him for the same well, crime con- if you have you're new not evidence. Convicted of anything, right? Like you just you're just been impeached. It just means they can they can have no, a discussion gets, about like what do you get? Yeah, you get, like, a, you get acquitted. Punishment? You get acquitted. That's what I mean. What's the what's the punishment of being impeached? Like what is it really? Nothing. You go to trial, okay. and then you get and then you get acquitted or you get thrown out if you're convicted. But if he's acquitted, my guess is if they do interview John Bolton and they do. Um, will get documents, they do subpoena documents, and they win that in court, which they should, even though they might not because of the fucking Supreme Court disaster. But anyway, if they do do all that stuff and they have all this other evidence, it's like, look, here's more wrongdoing. You're impeached again. Boom. If, if it's not this thing, it'll be the next thing because the guy's corrupt enough where it'll keep going. But nothing will happen unless the tide turns with the Senate and the House. So we'll see what happens. Um, but that's what the, the caucus looks like. I think um, it seems like Bernie Sanders is really gaining momentum um, I'm I'm personally hopeful for a uh, Amy Klobuchar uh, dark horse win, but the odds of that happening are very slim. So we'll see, we'll see. And with that, let's wrap this up with some media therapy. And there, yes, oh, God, let me let me tell you something. I've been I've been playing games. I've been liking a lot of the games I've been playing. And I was like, man, I could tell you about a Plague's Tale. I could tell you about Death Stranding, which has been. St- Still in my mind for, you know, since for the month, since the months past that I finished it, it's probably actually less than that. Two weeks, maybe tell you about Tokyo Mirage Session and these ridiculous and this ridiculous J-pop idol themed RPG. But no, no, the F9, the Fast Saga trailer, four minute trailer has dropped moments before recording this podcast and good god we have to talk about it is there any objection to this motion no. to talk about absolutely the f9 not. trailer absolutely not because i've watched it as well oh my god i can't wait i can't wait to get off this this uh podcast and watch it again <laughs> on my big screen tv because wow what a trailer four minutes did i need it no am i glad we have it yes yes Who's directing this movie? I don't know. Whoever it is, I have no idea. But let's start. I actually want to start this with uh, with a question. Um, who is older, Vin Diesel or Paul Giamatti? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite game that we play on this podcast. I, I love it. And we are going to play it probably every episode moving forward. <laughs> Vin Diesel is older than Paul Giamatti. All right. Now. This might be the closest this game will ever get. Oh, wow. Okay. Because Paul Giamatti is indeed older. Oh, but by how much? Vin Diesel. Do you want to guess by how much? It's got to be by what? Let's say nine months. One month. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. One month and 12 days. Paul Giamatti, born June 6, 1967. Vin Diesel born July 18th, 1967. Wow. <laughs> Consider your mind blown <laughs> until the next installment of Who's Older. <laughs> so, I, where do you want to start with this trailer? Because, I well, let me just, where do you want to start with this trailer? I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you where I, I, I mean, want to start. I, I, mean, I want to start with the start, first. I want to start I mean, with the I also first ten want to start seconds. With how they released this thing as well, they had a concert oh built around it. 
<laughs> like, can we talk about that first? Like, the fact that I did like not, a I did not watch concert. it. I did. <laughs> oh, it was ludicrous. God, I didn't realize. It's like, wait, I didn't realize the soundtrack was so iconic. It's that not. They yeah, could like have the, a soundtrack. Yeah, like you sent me an image that said Fast oh, yeah, Nine concert from- <laughs> and trailer reveal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that did happen. And then if you go on YouTube, because again, YouTube's not on my band list, even though mm-hmm. it's mostly because during this podcast I watch stuff for trailers, but I use it for studying and doing other stuff. Sure. But yeah, apparently there's this giant ludicrous trailer that's built around this thing. Oh my god! Or like this it's ludicrous amazing. concert and Tyrese, I think as well. Yeah, it's F Nine, the Road to F Nine concert and trailer drop promo. Yeah. Well, let's so start. Like, let's go back even further because I think it was Monday or Tuesday that they released a thirty second teaser of this trailer. Sixteen seconds, saying yes. that the trailer is going to come out this Friday. So how excited was I when I rolled when I woke up in the morning? turned on looked up youtube and looked for this trailer and it wasn't there yet and i was very upset so the fact that it didn't come out until maybe like 5 p.m or something 5 p.m eastern it, uh, it was a little upsetting but wow is it worth the wait and the first 10 seconds i had to listen to about three times because i had no idea what vin diesel was saying <laughs> i got i used to live my life a quarter mile at a time got yes. it then he said i'm your father what now I'm a father. What, Vin, one more time. I was a father. Now I'm a father. Okay. Something about a father? You're a father now. Got it. Cool. That's that's how it starts. Vin Diesel has some sort of odd speech impediment that he's doing. I don't know. Maybe it's just the character he plays. But I think it's the fact that he's older than Paul Giamatti. Or he's younger than Paul could, Giamatti. <laughs> that could be it. Yeah. He's approaching Paul Giamatti age yeah. every day. <laughs> As we all are. Um yeah, man, this this trailer, this is this a trailer? Because it's four minutes long. <laughs> I mean, it's a trailer, and the funniest thing to me is that this, you can tell that Vin Diesel's very petty. Because who do you think you would get to replace The Rock? Right? Nobody, you can't. He's Kevin Hart, but, but if obviously you were to try, he's on The Rock train. But if you were to try to replace The Rock, how would you try and replace him? Well, you get like another WWC superstar, of course. right? And who, and who would you get? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone uh, of this generation's <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin, or this generation's The Rock. Oh, who's also been well. a movie star in his own right and star. Oh, dude, but you're, you're talking you're talking about the the star of Twelve Rounds and the Marine, John <laughs> Cena. <laughs> of course, and that's why it's hilarious because it's Vin Diesel's very petty. The one person that might irritate The Rock might be John Cena showing up in this movie. Why would it irritate him? You don't think they bring back The Rock for F10? Fast 10? I don't think so, because I believe that The Rock just goes, I'm just going to make Hobbs and Shaw movies from now on. Oh, man. If they if they call Fast 10, Fast 10 your seatbelts, that... Oh, <laughs> wow. I don't even well, they were using F9. Yeah, well, they were using puns for the uh, last one, because they had the fate of the Furious. You get it? Yes. You get it? I that do. was the only one they did a pun for. Well, they did yeah. too fast, too furious. So you're going to tell me you don't get him fast in your seatbelts for, <laughs> for the finale. Because apparently the 10th one is the end. But the fact that they just now started calling this the, the fast saga is, oh, uh, is something else entirely different. It's amazing because yeah. you can't even talk about cars. This is not a car movie anymore. <laughs> no. But, but wow. This, all right. I knew this series was a soap opera. <laughs> we, we knew this. I, my one rule for being a soap opera is if you bring people back from the dead. And 
this movie, I mean, it was a soap opera before because they already brought people back from the dead. You know, they killed Letty and then they brought her back from the dead. Yeah, now I mean, she's they killed back, Han in three and yeah. then they brought him back from the dead by making it uh, by making the subsequent movies a prequel prequels so that they could bring him back. And now they just straight up bring him back. Spoiler alert. <laughs> with a haircut. Well, spoiler alert. It's in the trailer. And not only that, but they also had the my other favorite soap opera trope, which is, oh, my brother that you didn't know about. For the, he's he's my brother, and usually it's even now the other because I my rule for soap op the one major soap opera rule of bringing somebody back from the dead you can also use the twin brother approach like oh my god the dead guy's back it's like no that was his long lost twin brother still counts and this just finds a way to get all of the soap opera tropes in one movie compressed in one trailer while showing the most bananas. Shit. Now I don't I don't know if you could top. I didn't know if how you would top people are like you can go to space. No. What they're gonna do instead, they're gonna like Tarzan with cars in this one. Well, my favorite part of this trailer is at a minute and twelve seconds. Now, okay. what's happening I'm, I'm, at a minute and a minute 12, twelve seconds? Here we if go. You get to oh, a minute and twelve okay. seconds. Yep. Finn Diesel is surfing on top of a car. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not, and not on the hood of the car. The car is flipped over sideways. So the car is basically sliding on its passenger door, right? I believe it's on its yeah. passenger door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the car is sliding on... No, sorry. Yes. It's sliding on the passenger door. And Vin Diesel... Yeah, he's on, on the side. He's on the and side this, of it. Oh, yeah. And another car yeah, yeah. gets thrown at him in the process. <laughs> And it looks like he actually stops the car. <laughs> they cut, but it looks like he basically catches a car as he's surfing another one. I'm not making yeah. this up. <laughs> yeah, like he's basically the... He puts his hands he, up at a minute and 13 to catch the car. Oh, yeah. As the other yeah, that, car is sliding on its passenger door. or No, it's sliding on the driver's side door. But, yeah, because that's a bit of a continuity thing. It's weird. So he's either yeah. playing Super Mario Brothers with cars in this thing, and they just cut it weirdly, or... He's literally standing on the car, and at a minute and 13 seconds, he has his hands up as if he's catching a football. Or he takes the drug that from uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, he's he Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's just white Superman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't even know if Ben Diesel's white. He's, he's, he's mixed Superman. Is he? Let's see. Just yeah, Ben Diesel. Diesel won't tell you what his race is. He won't tell anybody. Really? It says nationality yes. American. Yeah, exactly. But if you ask him, are you black? Are you white? Are you Pacific Islander? He won't tell you. Like, I'm whatever you want me to be. Yeah. <laughs> he was oh, born God. Mark Sinclair. Doesn't he has a real basic family, family, isn't it? <laughs> his mother has English, German, and Scottish roots. But he, but Diesel has stated that he is of ambiguous ethnicity. Yes. Vin, you're white. <laughs> Your name is Vin, all right? Nobody, no, you, you gotta be white if you're Vin. Also, they, they got Charlize Theron Beck, who, again, they're doing the same thing of working with the bad guy. Yes. Helen Mirren's back, which I'm very excited about, which is weird because if you're not gonna have The Rock, does that mean you also are not gonna have um, Jason Statham? Because yeah, you, but they're you both have, out. But they're you have his character. But you have his character's mom in it. Yeah, Vin Diesel's upset. He's upset that he got left out of Hobbs and Shaw. He, this is his series, so he's hurt. He's hurt that they didn't include him. They didn't even mention him in Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, I didn't. Even so look now this, this is movie. this is his answer. This is him and Tyrese's tearful answer to Hobbs and Shaw. 
whatever, man. I'm on board. I, I mean, I see this trailer and I am I am excited. Oh, Justin Lin is back. Okay, he's back. He he directed all the Fast and Furiouses from the um, from Tokyo Drift through Fast and Furious Six. He took a hiatus for seven and uh, for seven and eight, and now he's back. I mean, there's even, a prison, there's even a prison fight in this movie. Vin Diesel is a real vindictive, <laughs> vindictive dude. He's gonna I think you're assuming the read, worst. I think you're gonna, assuming... No, no, I'm assuming the best is what I'm assuming. I'm assuming that he is so filled with fury that the fact that Jason Statham and The Rock took his series from him, that he is going to remake the greatest movie of all time as far as ridiculousness. <laughs> he's going to catch cars. He's going to catch bullets. He is going to do everything that The Rock did, Ooh, but better. Well, now, wait a minute. If I search Fast and Furious 10... It says cast. The only two people that show up in Google are Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson. And again, that, that, that people just put that in there. Like you, they, people just put stuff in there that's not necessarily true. That's so true. If you go into it, IMDb, yeah. it doesn't say that at all. It doesn't say anything. So yeah, people can put what they want to in there. But right now, Vin Diesel's upset. If this movie does worse than Hobbs and Shaw, he will not put The Rock in the next one. He, this movie has to do better than Hobbs and Shaw. And then he will say, you can come join me again for my more successful franchise. I guess, but it's all in the same franchise. Doesn't doesn't Vin Diesel make money from all of those things? I believe so, but a, not nearly as much producer? as if he's in it. I don't believe he was a producer. I believe that The Rock and Jason Statham were executive producers of Hobbs and Shaw. Man, Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, and now Kevin Hart will show up, and he's going to take Tyrese's spot. Can't wait. Ah, oh, yes. Just give me more. Just give me all of it. It's it's so absurd, and I love how self aware it is. To the point where you could do this ridiculous shit. They're superheroes. Yes. I mean, the, the way they just casually dodge that that ridiculous land train thing that's like <laughs> that, that truck yeah. that just flips I mean, over. I, I mean, look, I mean, I haven't seen the next Jumanji, but there's this whole sequence with jaw, jaw bridges and monkeys. It's, it's great. the same thing. Again, I, I really believe that the Vin Diesel's looked at all the rocks last five. It wouldn't surprise me if a giant gorilla showed up in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> very possible oh god i mean i i this it's the whole end of this thing is so insane (laughs) like the the jet pilot and then vin diesel swinging off the side of i mean it's you got a magnet plane now (laughs) yeah yeah tyrese thank you exposition yeah thanks buddy (laughs) thanks yeah and then at the end you got han showing up again and they're so aware of it because they're like just they reference justice which was the whole thing because the hashtag was justice for han justice is coming he's coming back (laughs) so what does that mean that's definitely got to be like his twin brother or or it's just like yeah he was working together with statham and some other bullshit that we're gonna make asian superman maybe like but uh, but meanwhile you could work with uh but this is so ridiculous because they keep ending up in these situations because basic everybody's gonna be part of the family now because then you got Charlize theron who's helping them out riding like a freaking harrier jet and meanwhile in the last movie she she murders the mother of his child <laughs> but it's fine and now he's like oh, i guess we're all right now i'm still a father and i don't have to well he's gonna triangle. be upset about it but then eventually she proves her worth and then they're all family she's gonna show up at the barbecue yes <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens they all show up at the barbecue at the end drinking coronas oh man, man. i mean i'm excited i i, I mean how can I, you not be <laughs> uh, yeah you know it's exactly what this is gonna be it's gonna yes. be a damn good time <laughs> it's gonna be a damn good movie and but not for, it's gonna be I don't know if it's going to be to the level of do you Fury think, 7 for me is still the best one. Do you think it will make more money than Hobbs and Shaw? Yes. 
I don't know. It's got the branding. I think it's got I don't the know. branding. It's got the branding, but the rock's and not in it. And it's been long enough. It's been long enough where we're ready. I, I'm not sure. It launches in May. Well, releases in May, I should say. Look, I, I think it will mode. as well, but I wouldn't be so sure that these two might realize that they make more money together than apart. Oh, 100% they make more money together. I mean, if you if Furious Fast and Furious 10 brings everybody together for a finale and Kevin Hart and what's her name from the other one. Oh man, who did they add? That the girl who played the other Hobbs the one who had awful chemistry with the rock. <laughs> I don't I know who you're talking about, but I don't know her name cuz she was awesome. I feel upset. I'm I'm bad at myself because she was so good. Uh, Jesus Christ, she's not even like in the top of this. You are dropping the ball here, uh, Google, and tell me who's in this movie. Vanessa Kirby. I wouldn't have been able you to get, pick her name out of a million chances. No. So you get you get her back. You get Jason Statham. You get you get The Rock. Now now question for and you. you and you add uh Oh God! What the hell's his name? Um, you, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, and you add, <laughs> and you add be... Kevin Hart. Are you kidding me? You throw all these guys into Furious Ten, and then some reason you get you, Arnold Schwarzenegger well, in there. Like that is it, gonna be well, you a basically movie. Basically, need a Thanos. Then is <laughs> what you need. Who's you just get Josh Brolin and just tell him you're gonna be the super evil villain that <laughs> you starts are, to kill everyone you off. You are Thanos. <laughs> just put Thanos in the movie. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> just put him in there. Just instead of actually having the CG character, just make Josh Brolin purple. So it's the, the, him. The, He's just look, purple. The dumbest thing about this movie is, I mean, the fate of the Furious. You could argue that a lot of these things went off the rails a long time ago, right? Like the it could be the endless runway, could be dropping cars from uh, planes. It could be uh, you know fighting Russian nuclear submarines. Or jumping uh, across a freeway median. I mean, that at this point yeah, seems catch. like seems like a real basic or, thing, does it not? It seems like it's, or yeah, of course that would happen. Mich- Michelle Rodriguez losing a fight to Ronda Rousey in her prime. Like yeah. these are <laughs> these are suspensions of disbelief. But it really lost the thread at the end of the Fate of the Furious when Vin Diesel names his nameless son at that point. He never thought to ask his the mother of the child, hey, what's this kid's name? He names him Brian. Who was named after Paul Walker's character? Now, who never now, died now, in the franchise? I want to. I want to pose something to you. Yeah, would it not be the greatest marketing of all time if Paul Walker wasn't actually dead? Oh no! <laughs> would what be, would you do if you was. found out that that was all a hoax and that they br- literally bring him back Oof. for the last movie? One and, last and, then, and then he's got to basically explain, yeah, they paid me X amount of dollars to pretend that I was dead for five years, and now is, I'm back. <laughs> now, is there any conspiracy theories about that? If there isn't, we should start it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Walker lives. Well, they, his brothers, I think, obviously they would. They did. In the movie they have where interest. he had half done it, the brothers sort of played him in different parts, and they sort of did a bit of they have in- They have interest in, they'll, they'll do it and play him again. They could do but, it. I mean, the technology again, is regardless. But of I mean, course they would. would. They're not famous actors, and they would love to be famous actors. What would you do if that happened? Like, would I mean, that not be the greatest marketing of all time? 
that'd be pretty wild. That would be extremely. Yeah. Be, all of a sudden, it was like no, like, and they went through the whole story of we paid him to go away. He faked his death. We gave him millions upon millions of dollars to pretend to be dead, just so we can bring him back for the final movie, and actually kill him in and the then, movie. <laughs> and, then, and then we kill him on screen. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the best movie ever. This was all part of Justin Lin's master plan. Yeah, well, I, look, May twenty second. I, I would just. I bet though that in in the last one. Or maybe in the post credits of this one, we see his brother show up as him, because he's not dead. He's not. He's not dead in canon. Like that's why it's like in the canon of this. Why would you name? Why would you name your son after your best friend, who's just living his life somewhere? Like theoretically, you're not seeing him in the. I mean, how long of a span does the longest movie take place over? You would assume like maybe two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. At the most. So that's the only time you're not seeing. You would assume that um, the characters, Dominic Toretto and Brian, whatever, Paul Walker, are just like, <laughs> they're shooting the shit. They're, they're, you know, they're buddies. They're hanging out when they're not going on these international espionage superhero missions, right? And they're racing, right? They're living their life a quarter mile at a time. No, they're not racing anymore because they're, they're both fathers. <laughs> you know, so you got to... You you gotta be smart, but you think that you, you think you think Paul Walker's showing up at the barbecues? There's nothing dangerous about the barbecues. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess. So why would you be like, yeah, I'm naming this after you? Why? I'm. That's weird. That's weird. Why didn't you name him Dom? You know, your your other best friend who died in the fifth movie. Maybe it was Dom. I forgot. No, wait, Dominic. That's the name of the main dude. What was yes. it? Vince. Vince was the dude who died. He gets Dude, shot. I don't remember. At this point, this series, it's like you said, it's it's the Avengers. And it's soap I would, opera. It's soap yeah. opera. But that's a soap, soap opera, opera too. Opera. Which is fine. They bring people back to life opera. all the time in that. They're all bro operas. Bro Yeah. Bro operas. Bro operas. Bro operas. Yeah. Right. So that's it. Any any closing thoughts on uh, Fast Furious Nine? You excited? Looking yeah, forward to it? I am excited just because it's so ridiculous. And uh yeah, May twenty second. I'll be there. So do they so do they go to space in the tenth one? They have to, right? I'll tell you, it. one would ex- one would expect. Yeah, uh, at least at space? least have a reason to Mars go rover? to space. <laughs> Mars rover, a quarter mile at a time. They're too slow, too boring. Well, that's when they soup it up, right? They put a rocket ship on top of the car, and that happened in this movie, so it's a precursor to the next one. All right, fair, fair. Well, I'm excited. I mean, look, I w- I would love for uh, James Wan to uh, to be doing this, but you know what? If he's got to ditch this to keep making Aquaman two or whatever. Then- <laughs> So be it. I'd like to see that crossover as well. Oh, if they fight Ocean Master in uh, in, <laughs> in Furious Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Well, this is it. This podcast is at an end. If uh, if you're listening and you haven't reviewed us yet, you should do that. You could do so on iTunes, and that's about it. I don't think there's any other place you can review us where it matters. Um, subscribe for uh, He's Abroad on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all other podcast services if we're not there let me know and tell uh, uh tell your friends and family to look for us yeah tell them we actually have a somewhat informative podcast now with structure and segments and uh stuff <laughs> i'm i've hear good things people like it everybody loves it everybody listens to it loves it you love it you made it this far you're welcome uh yeah also on twitter at he's abroad facebook he's abroad find us there and until next time see you next week. podcast this podcast is over eat bugs <laughs>